This is Unpopular. Hey everyone, this is your humble host Josh Withers. Uh, welcome to the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, if you're listening through your uh, regular podcast app and you want to find other episodes, go to unpopular.show. And uh, before this week's episode with James Cridland, uh, who's got a really cool title I'll introduce you to in a second, um, I just want to let you know about what's actually happening on Unpopular. You see, uh, there's a free blog, unpopular.ist, I-S-T. There's this free podcast, and there's also, there's also the members-only blog, um, which is available at unpopular.education. And a few of the recent articles on there is about accepting cash as a way of payment. Uh, it's an old person's way of paying. There's new, better ways. Also, why I close down the Facebook group? That's right, the unpopular Facebook group, dead. A Slack thing is still happening, or just no group. It's okay to have no group. Um, uh, but a big one that I've written this week is about how to download images to share for your Instagram without screenshotting, because screenshotting is straight from the mouth of the devil, and you just don't need to do that anymore. This week's episode is, um, well, it's a little bit noisy. We're recording in a cafe in Brisbane, uh, iconic coffee, awesome location. Quiet, but not quiet enough. Um, James Cridlin is the guest, and uh, well, I'll let him explain to you what he does. Well, I say, I say a radio futurologist, and they look at me, and they laugh, and they say, what's that then? And I said, well, it's a made-up name that I, <laughs> that I put on my business card, uh, which is actually true. Um, but I'm a writer, a speaker, and a uh, consultant, uh, helping radio companies understand what's next. Next time you're asked that, and they say, what's a futurologist? You could just, just reply, and just, just to freak them out. I reply, I reply in binary. James is a guest on the show because I wanted to talk about the business side of futurology, um, aka just being an author, writer, podcaster, speaker, email creator, blogger uh, in 2017, and the business side of that, automation, um, even just, just plain or running a business. Uh, but also to nerd it about radio because James has been doing it way longer than I ever did. I was only in um, radio for about a decade, Southern Cross Stereo, Fairfax Media, a couple of community stations. Um, but James, he's been doing it almost forever. Enjoy. Uh, so this is my 20-something ninth year in radio and I've done, uh, yeah, and I've worked in, in lots of different bits of radio, um, but now mostly working in the interesting bits in terms of you know new platforms, uh, digital radio, internet, podcasting, yeah, yeah. Um, and also you know uh, and also really helping companies understand where the future is going because you know things are things are changing just as in any business. Um, the way that we consume radio is changing. The way that we um, the way that radio earns its money is is uh, changing. You know so so I help radio stations and other and other folk understand how to make the best of it. I want to talk about the business of being a futurologist, which is a blog post that may not have been written yet <laughs> soon, but can we just start on radio? Because uh, I'm on X-Radio, which is, sounds Indeed. like a dirty word, um, and, uh, and but I still love either, it. Either a dirty word or a very sensible word. <laughs> very sensible. Who knows? <laughs> hey, look, I'm paying my bills. <laughs> um, I, I came across you through your email newsletter, which I'm going to get to, but but I, I appreciate your passion for things radio. And also, uh, I, I, would you agree that the word radio, is, is, it, is it diminishing or is it expanding to, to kind of gather up podcasts and digital and online and streaming and, and, and streaming? Like, like is, is, is radio becoming more of a collective term? Yeah, I think, I think we've got a real problem in the English language. And the radio means three different things. It means a device that picks up radio waves that's another one um, and also radio means a style of programming a style of audio um, yeah. and I tend to now talk about radio as being a shared experience with a human connection um, and podcasting is radio it's yeah. just not live 
and actually, dirty secret, but most of the radio that you hear, quite a lot of it, isn't live either. So, you know, I, um, so I'm, I, I think that, you know, when you look at what radio is these days, it's a much broader church than it was in the past. It's a, mu- it, it, you know, everything from podcasting to internet radio um, to even more fancy things such as um, NPR One, which is um, an app that you can get uh, here, but it's mainly for the US, that is kind of like talkback radio, but it only plays you stories and stuff that you're going to be interested in. So I train... Spotify-ish for podcasts. Yeah, so it's kind of Spotify-ish, but for radio. Spotify-ish, but for Radio National. So if you imagine, you know, Radio National without any of the boring stuff on there, without any of the things that Australians laughingly call sport, as you can tell, (laughs) I'm a Brit, so I'm allowed to say that vaguely. Um, you know, then then uh, new technology will actually help you achieve that. So uh, yeah, so there's lots of really interesting uh, interesting things. And by the way, you, you know, old-fashioned radio, FM, AM radio, is still tremendously popular. Over 90% of people tune into it every single week here in Australia. It's a, you know, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful business to be in. I uh, I read an article recently saying that my my biggest um the, the, the biggest thing in my mind is that podcasting is, is growing and growing and growing. And I've been podcasting in various ways for many, many years. And yeah. there's at least three or four, you know, arch- well, not archive, but three or four old podcasts with my name on it that, that had measured success. But but today, in 2017, podcasting is um, is growing uh, phenomenal. I'm sure you saw there was a report this week or last week that... Uh, was it 14 or 24% growth? Anyway, a large amount of growth. Yeah. And that the average uh, the average listener of podcasts is listening to uh, up to six different shows, which the average listener of radio, and this isn't a stat, I'm just thinking, like, but yeah. they listen to two shows, maybe. Into, yeah, maybe into about two and, and half, two and a half stations. Yeah. 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 And so, so, so podcasting is this, um, I feel like a, it's this, this burgeoning beast that, uh, that is, um, it started as this real amateur amateur hour where kids with mics are just making things and now there's companies like Southern Cross Stereo with um, Podcast One in Australia and and NPR One in in America which is not a corporation but there's still a corporate element to it there's ads playing and Radio Tokyo and PRX and all this kind of stuff Gimlet yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, no indeed and I think uh, you know podcasting is definitely growing um you know, the, the rude can say that, you know, 24% of nothing is still nothing. But actually, uh, you know, the amount of consumption of podcasting in Australia is growing. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, a word of warning, in America where podcasting is the, is the strongest, 45% of people still don't know what a podcast is. So, you know, there is a, a real education issue there. And there's a real issue of once you know what a podcast is, how do you find good ones? Yeah, um, yeah, and that's one of the things that I, I um, you can see a lot of podcast apps trying to fix for this year um, because that's really hard. But you know, podcasting is doing tremendously, and you know, particularly in the US where there's a lot of money being poured into poured into podcasting, big money. Um, yeah, and I think it's great for radio as a whole because it actually means that you know young audiences are listening to speech radio, which. You know, to it was a the degree, they're never people. used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 my, like, I'm, I'm 35. People of my generation, 
are probably only just getting to talk radio via podcast because we wouldn't yeah, dare wouldn't, listen to, to you Alan wouldn't have Jones tuned into or, 4BC. You wouldn't have tuned into you know 2GB or any of that. Uh, no, exactly. And I think you know that that is really interesting and really exciting that lots of younger people are discovering speech radio, which is kind of an accident because the only reason why why podcasting is speech is that um, you can't get the music rights. Um, <laughs> but, but it's a lovely accident because it actually means that people are discovering yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, talk, talk radio. In America, talk radio itself has had the best year ever since, um, you know, since, since many years. Partly due to the fact that people understand what podcasting is and so therefore what talk radio stations are, and also partly due to their wonderful, brilliant president. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to the US in uh, in May, um, so I won't hear a, a bad word said against <laughs> President Trump. He's a lovely, lovely man. If anybody from the TSA is listening, <laughs> all hail Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you? This is the thought I just had because you're talking about podcasting and and this, these different generations listening to podcasts and talk radio, do you think the word podcast has got a problem? Like, the fact that it's, a, it's this a derivative of iPod broadcast. Yeah, it, it's, that, a, it's a rubbish name. Because yeah, like, like, my, my kids, I don't have any kids, but, yeah. but when we do, um, they won't know what an iPod is. Yeah. Like, there's, it used to be on their iPhone there was an iPod uh, icon. That yeah. doesn't exist anymore. It's music. And I know you can still buy an iPod in an Apple store, but, but you, you're not. You're yes. not buying an iPod in Apple Store. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, you know, podcast is a rubbish name, um, but it's here to stay. Everybody understands what it is. I don't think anybody's going to change it. I mean, you know, one of the big podcasts in the US tried to change it to Netcast. Oh, was and, that Corolla? Uh, no. That was uh, Leo Laporte. Oh, yeah, yeah, Leo, um, yeah. And he desperately was trying to change it, and, and you know, Netcasts all the time, <laughs> and it just got nowhere. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that has you know, it, it's interesting because from a marketing point of view, that means that you know, still people are a bit confused as to whether or not you need an iPod to listen to a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think once we get over that, you know, uh, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure that we will. There are lots of these weird portmanteau words that exist in the English language um, that we've grown very used to. Uh, you know, a petticoat. Nobody thinks of that as being a little coat. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. You know, so, um, so yeah, so I think it's a marketing issue, but I don't think anybody's going to sit and rebrand it. So this podcast is um, aimed at people that are either have left their job and they've started a small business or they're hoping to leave their mm-hmm. job and they're starting a small business and, and, uh, and they're, they're building niche, small, um, like a sustainable and, and still impactful and, and uh, influential, but they're not, they're not trying to win everyone. So they're not trying to be the Coca-Cola or the Microsoft or Apple. They're trying to be the, the little guy um, and still still be sustainable in that in that market. Uh, how do you see those kind of people, like the me as a marriage celebrant or the or the the, you know, the the local small business? How do you see them fitting into this new world of uh, podcasting and also um, traditional broadcast radio? Well, I mean, I used to say, uh, so, you know, I, I used to be in charge of a lot of, a lot of um, developers and designers at one of the radio stations I worked at, and one of the things that I said to them was, um, your, your, uh, your employment contract might forbid you for working for somebody else, but please work for somebody else while you're working here. Please 
do your own stuff in the evening. Uh, if you need time to do things during the day, that's cool. Let me know. Um, because I really firmly believe that actually to have something on the side, uh, I think the, 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 there's an Aussie company which is now calling it a side hustle, which yeah, I, find, yeah. I find very strange. But anyway, something on the side is actually great education. You learn so much from it that you can actually use in the job that you're currently earning your 95 from absolutely um, but you can also then take that and take the next step when you're when you're ready and and you know a great manager and I'm not necessarily sure that I was a great manager but a great <laughs> a great manager their job is actually to make you the very best employee that you can possibly be and if that actually means you leaving the business because you've now learned so much that you think that you can run a business on your on your own great um, from my point of view, you know, that's my job done. Uh, my job is to grow, is to grow an employee, and, and yep. to make them feel as, as good as you know, uh, uh, and to grow their grow their skills. So, um, you know, so I think it's a really important thing, um, and I used to always recommend that, that people ended up doing that. So, you know, things like podcasting, things like um, you know, what you learn when you are doing podcasting is you learn a lot of computer skills. You learn a lot of uh, editing audio skills, you, but you also learn marketing. You learn uh, artwork. You learn how to write. You learn how to pr uh, produce stuff. You know, you learn lots of skills that are probably quite useful in any day-to-day -day job anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and being able to succinctly, you know, succinctly write down something and communicate it on a podcast means that actually, in your next sales call. You will have you will do that better. Absolutely. You know, so it's it's something that you know I think I think can only uh, can only help people. Well, what about in the areas of um, of advertising and also uh, I don't know if I'm using the right word here, but I'll just say content. So, mm. um, like I've been lucky enough to be a guest on many shows in my role as a marriage settlement, and uh, you know whether it's the whether it's sparing off um, a, a core topic or, or being a expert. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but there's also the avenue of, uh, well, most radio stations have got, uh, what's the average these days, like 8, 10, 12 minutes of ads an hour, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, and that's that space I can pay for. And uh, and the the average business is paying for advertising and exposure. Um, and, and they're two different ways of getting it, as in the, the content route or the paid for advertising route. Um yeah, well, like, what do you say to the small business today that is thinking that maybe uh, yeah, there's room for me on podcasts or on radio? Well, I mean, I think that they do different jobs. So, you know, if uh, um, the point of getting onto onto the radio is that you know, radio is a great mass market medium um, that reaches, you know, in many cases, you know, 25, 30 percent of the population of a, of a town in one fell swoop. Uh, it's a really easy way to get names uh, out there. And it's also, you know, when you look at radio, typically you will, about um, about 40%, 45% of radio is listened to in a car. And quite a lot of the time you are driving to a shopping mall. You are driving to somewhere where you are going to spend some money. What yeah, a yeah. great place to advertise, you know. So um, so radio does a really good way, good job in terms of brand awareness a uh, good job in terms of connecting people with what your product is what your um, you know what you do what you can do with a podcast is you can actually go far deeper you can actually uh, begin to offer people that are interested in say you're a fishing shop and you sell fishing tackle 
by producing a podcast which is um, specifically around how to be a better fisherman or a better fisher person, I, I should probably say. Um, you know, then you are actually offering you're actually offering something to that community, super serving that community, um, and giving them reasons why you know your business is the most trustworthy and helpful business out there. So I think that they do very different things. That's good. Um, but uh, yeah, you know. Um, let's move into uh, you as a as a business person. Do you, do you identify um, with that term? Like you're a business person? Yeah, I think so. Some yeah. people call me um, some people call me, call me an entrepreneur. Yeah, um, yeah. Because of some of the things I've, I, I I do and have done. Um, but yeah, yeah. So um, so what does your um, business like? Uh, like when you look at your wider business plan like I've encountered you as um, as someone that provides an email newsletter yeah and there was an opportunity to financially support that and um, and uh, I took yes, that option and and, uh, and I'll be spending the four dollars a month <laughs> wisely um, well where like like what what does your wider you are a business person plan look like yeah so I I think what, what I've learned is that if you make so roughly, my business is uh, a third of it is writing for radio station websites and for uh, well for radio magazines and those, and those sorts of things. When you uh, say radio station websites, do you mean like um, like the Hit One Hundred Five, or do you mean no, Radio I Today? Mean, I mean Radio that Today, kind of that kind of yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah, so you know about about a third of the revenue I get from that. About a third of the revenue I get from um, being a public speaker. And a third of the revenue I get from running my own my own uh, media information uh, site. Yep. Um, and you know, uh, and what I earn from running a newsletter is simply there just to pay the yep. pay the pay the Mailchimp bill. Um, yep. That's you know that's really why, why that's there. Um, so really, you know, you look at the sort of the the three areas. A lot of what I do is around marketing and marketing myself as a as a speaker but one of the things that I learned relatively early on is that um, the reportions of that business which are very seasonal so uh, and I'm sure that the reportions of your business which is which are incredibly seasonal uh, where you end up being incredibly busy for a, a couple of months of the year and completely not busy yeah. for a couple of months in the year and so what I learned very early on is I needed stuff to keep me busy and stuff that I could work on when the other things I'm doing, particularly speaking at conferences, when that is less, uh, you know, uh, when that side of the business is less, you know, uh, is less there. So, you know, so very much looking at, okay, well, how can I do things that I can, if I need to, drop for a couple of weeks? Um, how can I get a, a sustainable amount of money in from doing things which can be kind of automated. So yeah, that's yeah. what my media information site is there for. And so basically the the, um, the, the thinking behind media.info, which is its uh, name, is that uh, anything you want to know about the media is there, both a directory of radio stations and TV and magazines and all of that, but also you know people who work there, telephone numbers, all, all that kind of stuff. But also, it does a lot, a lot of news, um, news uh, aggregation as well. So, um, but the whole plan around that was, how can I make this so that it is completely automatic? So that if I can spend an hour on it a day, great. If I can only spend five minutes on it a day, 
then it still works fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so a lot of that has been around the technology and just making sure that you know that I can actually do that well. I um I want to ask about the te- technology side of it in a moment, mm. but uh, but we were talking before the podcast about that that marriage between um, exposure dollars. It's all, it's all about marriage with you, isn't it? <laughs> Always on brand, mate. Always be selling. ABC. <laughs> um, uh, the, the marriage between exposure dollars and Australian dollars. Yes. <laughs> um, the, the currency conversion rate. Uh, I, I feel that, that you straddle that um, a lot more than, than the average uh, punter. So, so do you? Hmm. I know, do, you, do you have like a, do you have an algorithm in your head? Do you have? A, um, like yeah, just how do you face that? Because uh, like, like I'm not paying yeah. you for this podcast. No. Um, no. And uh, so thank you for your time. I just had your That's coffee, <laughs> and, yeah. and I'll throw you a link on the blog. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, how do, how do you kind of um, yeah? And I think that I think that is for a freelancer, which I would also kind of put myself into. Um, I think that's always the difficulty is how much stuff do you want to do for free and how much stuff do you want to do um, only if you get paid for it. Yeah. Um, and so what I've done with the stuff that I do for free is I try and get the very best value out of it. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's something that I talk about an awful lot at radio sessions is you make a great amount of content, uh, you broadcast it once, you delete it, um, what a waste of time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. What, why aren't you doing more with that content? And exactly the same from the kind of things that I do. So, for example, I will write a weekly column uh, for... Um, uh, I started writing it for a, a website in the US called uh, All Access. Yep. Uh, because I saw that as being really good uh, name awareness, really good a way of getting my name out and what, what it is that I can help with. And then I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, All Access is really only a, a website for the, for the US radio market. Um, and it's now carried in Radio Today, uh, sorry, in Radio Info. They'll kill me. In <laughs> radio Info. Always on brand, except in, sometimes. <laughs> in Asia Radio Today. Um, I broadcast it on uh, a radio station in the UK called In Radio. Uh, There's a radio station in the UK called In Radio. Yeah, and it's for people who are in radio. That's amazing. Um, like, like, are we talking broadcast? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. So it's, it's, it's a 24 hour radio station which is there for people who work in radio. Wow, that's, that know. is major inside baseball. I know, there's a thing. <laughs> you know, that, that's properly niche and, and properly unpopular. Um, hey, hey, yeah. Is a live or voice tracked? A, a, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> Most definitely not live. Most definitely not live. So you know, so I've I, so I've taken that and it's now in lots of different countries. It's now you know I'm 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 getting the very best out of that content that I possibly can. Yeah. And in the same way, the newsletter actually starts its life. Uh, so it's a newsletter of um, lots of different bits of of interesting news about where the future of radio is going. Um, and that actually starts its it, its life as a byproduct of me going through the RSS feeds every morning, going what's interesting, what do I find interesting, and tweeting them. Yeah. And all I do at the end of the week is I've got a little piece of code which goes off, gets all of the tweets that I've sent, um, chucks it into a uh, into a text file for me to then uh, edit down. Um, so you know. 
again, I'm taking the content that I have already created for one medium and I'm repurposing that for another medium. That's really good. Um, so you know, so a lot of a lot of what I do, I, I used to be, uh, I used to say when I ran the original Virgin Radio website in the UK, um, I always used to say to my team, uh, there, there is not a delete button in the content management system, and there's a very good reason for that because I don't want you deleting any single piece of content that you put up there. So write it so that it's evergreen. Write it so that it's, it'll it'll always work. Um, never take anything off. Uh, and I think that's great. Uh, that's great advice for any any business who is, you know, who produces content. I think Hamish and Andy have got the same same procedure. I think I think <laughs> Hamish and Andy right now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they haven't been in a radio studio for the last three months. <laughs> three. It's for things with generous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, tell me about the the code, um, the tweets to newsletter connection. Because if I yeah. was going to do that, I'd use a tool called Zapier. Okay. Um, and, uh, and and Zapier, I'd just say, look at look at my tweets, pull the links out, put them in. Uh, actually, you could actually even start a Mailchimp draft or something from Zapier. But what do you mm-hmm. use? Well, is it is it fully custom? Uh, so I use um, I use Buffer. Yeah, yeah. And Buffer sticks your your tweets and Facebook and you know yep. it sticks it on a variety of different places. So that's a nice easy way for me to get my name out onto LinkedIn, which is rubbish, which I never use. But uh, but you know I'm, I'm there every single. Uh, I'm, I'm there every couple of minutes. And yeah. someone asked me the other day, um, you're very active on LinkedIn, like, and like, I don't know my password. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. So I use uh, Buffer. Um, I then wrote a piece of code to get into the Buffer API um, to pull the, the information out. So actually what it's doing is, is it, that it's taking, I don't think it takes my Twitter, I think it might take my Facebook ones because it's also ordering it uh, in terms of the amount of clicks. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, because that's, good. that's what Buffer does. So therefore it's actually pulling the information out in terms of the most popular. Yep. Um, which is why, theoretically at least, you should see the most popular, uh, the most popular pieces of news being at the top of the of the newsletter. Um, you know, because that's another algorithm to very quickly sort it. So, um, yeah. So I've um, so I've written some of that code myself to get into the API, um, but otherwise, you know, it's relatively off the shelf. Why a newsletter? And I'll prefix that by saying um, uh, Brisbane's own Spencer Housen um, yes. has recently started doing a uh, a morning newsletter for yeah, the Brisbane so he Times. Used, he used to be the ABC's breakfast host. Yep. Um, and and I, I personally, like, I've in the last year or two, I've actually found this new love for email newsletters. I I probably pay. I'm just doing quick math in my head. I probably pay two hundred dollars a year for, to receive email. Yeah. Which seems like like uh, bollocks, yes. <laughs> because most people are thinking of their email inbox as this place of hell and torment. It's it's literally the place you go when you die. Yes. <laughs> um, but I've I've personally like before I even found your newsletter, I've gone on this journey of like well, I'm going to unsubscribe from everything I don't want. But when I wake up in the morning, there's a yeah. bunch of email newsletters that I do, I want to see. I've chosen, and and yours is one of them. Thank yeah. you. And I I use newsletters, um, I think actually newsletters are much maligned. I think that there are lots of people who read them, uh, lots of people who appreciate them, um, who particularly read them, you know, so as you can tell I'm a Brit, um, I I, I worked for a long time in London, um, 
One of the things to do on on the tube, on the on the uh, on the subway there, is to you know you, you have no mobile phone coverage because you're underground, and so one of the thing one of the things to do is to go through your your email, uh, you know, and get rid of all the stuff that you don't want and read the stuff that you're interested in, and that was where I read most of my newsletters uh, underground, you know, reading stuff and finding out you know what was going on. Um, and I think that, you know, newsletters are, they're kind of a hidden, they're not very trendy, but actually loads of people use them. Um, and I think, you know, as part of a multi-platform strategy, using things like Twitter, Facebook, uh, I was going to say Google+, Plus, but I'm not that stupid. Um, <laughs> but, you know, using, using those kinds of services, you know, I think email newsletters are a really important part of that. And, and at the end of the day, what I would like is for people to equate my name with future thinking around radio and that's all that I really care about it, it's getting on that getting on that ladder yeah. um, so that as soon as people um, want somebody that understands what's going on in this world then they instantly think of me um, but it, you know it's really it is really weird so at the bottom of my newsletter I have a thing which is what's in my diary um, and I'm and it's and it's really an excuse for me to show that people are using me yeah yeah so uh, and I say, you know, next week I'm in uh, Amsterdam, which I am, and, and, then, and then in London, and then the following week, blah, blah, blah. And what is fascinating about that is that's tucked away at the bottom of the newsletter. Very regularly I will get emails from people in Amsterdam, in London, saying, oh, I see you're coming to Amsterdam next week, let's hook up. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that I think really shows how much, how much it's read. And, you know, it's got, it's got what, 2,700 people who read it every single week um, sorry who get it every single week but the clicks because of, because you can get uh, details not just of how many people are clicking but who clicked yeah, yeah. what story the clicks are coming from you know, incredibly high powered you know senior people within radio yeah. um, and it's great to be able to show that it's great to be able to you know understand that you are actually reaching some very important people you know yeah. doing that there's, um, I feel everyone's got their own ways of interacting with email, but I, I get a few link emails. Well, you're the only radio one I get. Um, I get a few other techie ones. I'm a nerd, so I get techie, nerdy ones. And, uh, and, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll uh, open an email, and, and I do read it, but then as I see a link, I'll um, hold the old control click and just open up 30 new browser tabs. Yeah. <laughs> and then through the rest of the day, slowly... Um, I'm on a tab, change a lock, I'll start a process in one tab, and then while that's saving, I'll open another tab yeah. and yeah, quickly yeah. read that article. And so it's it's a really, it's a good resource. It's enjoyable. I I, I like, um, I, I especially like that you kind of, you're more, I feel that your foot in the digital world is more in the digital world than other people that talk about radio, mm. Um, mm. Which, which I find really refreshing because one of the reasons that I lost the passion to earn a living in radio was um, was that before I ever worked in radio I was a nerd first radio broadcaster second yeah. and th- this is this is back before you know the internet was even on broadband it was a dial up and, mm. and the capabilities were low what, two years ago two years ago yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> in Brisbane CBD <laughs> um, and, and, and I I always appreciated 
just the possibilities of, of like what can we do with this digital thing and and it's never been about oh the Twitter's the end all be all but it's about oh, Twitter's cool but then there's other things that's cool and and that was cool but it failed and, and just um, I really enjoy that yeah. and and I was always the black duck at, at um, whether it was a meeting with management or a meeting with producers or whatever it was it was always this black duck that said um hey what if we made a video about that or what what, what if we yes. um, and I'm not gloating. I just I found it hard to operate in the environment. I was like, no, no, no. We everything is pumping down the AM tube or the FM tube. Um, with digital is like really secondary, and I found that frustrating. And so I like that um, that you spend a little bit more time in that divide. Divide's not the right word, though, is it? Yeah. A little bit more time in that side of no, the world. No, I think I think that's fair. And I think you know also you need to you need to balance that you know that with what a commercial radio company is there for. Absolutely, and, you yeah. Know, I, found it, I found it really interesting. I worked for two very different companies. Um, Virgin Radio, which was a very small, comparatively, national radio station in the UK, um, had a great history of innovation. Uh, so it was the first radio station to stream online in Europe. Yeah. Um, and when I started working there, you know, I was essentially given a job of get a press release... Uh, out every every two months with something cool that Virgin Radio is doing. <laughs> that was one of my KPIs, and wow. it was a, and, and it was a really useful thing. Was it owned by Branson at that point? It wasn't. No. So it's uh, very few of the Virgin companies yeah. are owned by Branson, and uh, no, it had re- already been sold. I think twice by that point. Yeah, right. but, um, yeah and and it was and that was a very useful a very useful thing because it, it did mean that you could innovate, um, but you had to be very quicker innovating and very you know so one of the things we did in March 2005 is we launched um, what we would now call the world's first radio app you know a radio app that you would download onto your mobile phone um, that was pre you know which yeah that was that was on a Nokia Symbian uh, and wow. a Sony Ericsson phone and yeah, and on the data costs, it would cost you over twenty, <laughs> over twenty Australian dollars per hour to listen. Wow! So, and it was dedicated listeners, and it was only an eight oh kilobit God. stream as well. So you can you can imagine how good it sounded. Gosh. But um, you know, so uh, and that was a prime point of you know trying something, seeing if it worked. Um, and then we started broadcasting on the Nintendo Wii, and everybody was really excited about that. And uh, and you know, and that of course is something that trace. But you compare that with the BBC, and the BBC where I worked for a couple of years, um, you know, it was a very different environment. And you know, you, they, uh, uh, one of their senior managers took me aside one day, and, and they said, you know, where have you come from? And I said, I don't know, Virgin Radio, and they. Said, Explained some of the firsts that we'd done, and and he said, "Yes, James. Well, that's, well, well, that's all very well. Um, but you see, here at the BBC, we don't do things first; we do them properly." And I thought there is a certain amount of of, of correctness in that. Definitely, but, yeah, I, I had the I same think, conversation with BBC. Yeah, but I think, <laughs> but I think actually, somewhere in the middle is yeah. probably a good a good plan. Uh, Invest, invest in new things, innovate in new things, but don't invest too much. Yeah. Um, fail, fail fast, and fail off. I was, I was literally told once at the at BBC at Fairfax Radio, um, we don't go live or something until the ABC has. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow. and, uh, and so their uh, their local programming survived off the back of that. <laughs> that, would, that would explain a lot. Um, um, 
I uh, but there, there, there is I mean you know uh, a wider point there is an awful lot of copying yeah um, there is an awful lot of looking what other people do and copying and to a degree that's a very good thing to to another degree actually you know at, at the end of the day people will come to you if you're doing interesting things um, or people will in this particular in this particular world um, Virgin Radio had I, I think a a three percent share. So, only three. If you're not in, in the radio business, only only three hours out of a hundred yep. in the UK was spent listening to Virgin Radio. So it was tiny. Yeah, yeah. So as a result, it was it was almost never on any advertising agency's list. Yeah. And so, what my job and the job of others at the station was to remind advertising agencies that we existed. That was yeah. genuinely the point of doing some of this stuff. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes down to whatever business you're in, it's reminding people that you exist, reminding people what you what you stand for. And and if, you know, everybody knows of Virgin Radio or used to know of Virgin Radio well when it still existed in its current form, uh, as a radio brand that was really good at innovating, really good at trying new things, and yeah. I think that's a you know that's a great thing to be. This week, I actually shut down the Facebook group for the unpopular everything, um, and the reason for was that it, was it too unpopular. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> uh, and uh, it just came from a point that yeah, look, it wasn't it wasn't active. There was yeah. members in it. I, I would automatically post new articles there. But I wasn't active. I, hey, I wasn't active in it, um, and and I realised that uh, that having something that's not amazing in the kind of in my artillery was more of a liability than an asset. Yeah. Just because I've got a Facebook group doesn't mean I'm great. And having I, and a great Facebook is great, and, and yeah. so I, I, I killed it. And um, would would you like like when you look at radio stations? I often thought sometimes it'd be great. You don't have to have a website, Facebook, podcast. You could just be an amazing FM station. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, uh, well, so I think that there are two things there. I think, I think, firstly, if you are going to do something, you know, again, from the BBC's point of view, do it properly. Yeah. And, and if you're, you know, I, I follow a few people on Facebook whose idea of using Facebook, I know I, I've just said this about LinkedIn, but it is different, I promise. Um, their idea about using Facebook is to just automatically... Re, repost something that they posted somewhere else, and they don't go in and engage with that content. Yep. And I think that that's a great example of, you know, um, doing something properly. And that actually, you know, to run a decent Facebook community, it's got to be a community, not just a broadcast platform. Um, you almost have to have a like a like an EP or like an executive producer, yeah. or like like a, a person. Yeah, I mean, you know, in many in many stations now, uh, and in many companies now, there are people whose job is to do social media. I mean, you only need to have a look, for example, last week at what was going on at uh, Cooper's, the beer company. Yeah. Where you know Cooper's did some in- interesting, um, you know, I- interesting choices in terms of supporting certain uh, certain groups and and and, and uh, uh, to do with. Um, same-sex marriage and uh, and all of that kind of uh, stuff, and social media was probably the reason why they completely backtracked on that. Because Isn't actually, it? there were enough people who got upset about that, and they needed, and by the way, they had a, a good social media person to actually 
engage with people and to let the rest of the business know that they had made a big mistake and you know uh, and so you really do need if, if you're a company of a certain size you really do need a decent social media strategy and you know quite apart from anything else just go onto google maps look at what people have uh reviewed your business yeah because um, some of that might be quite quite horrifying <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's such a change from uh, i remember when i first started at um uh, what was RG Capital that uh, the youngest guy in the building who at some point was me um, yeah. you do the digital stuff you just look after the website or the, yeah. and, and so many like so many radio station websites that, uh, I forget which CFM it was but one of the CFMs was, was an iWeb um, website if you know what iWeb is that yeah. was a Apple uh, it was it was an Apple app that generated websites. Yeah, yeah there, were, there was nothing to behold. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there are lots of lots of websites out there that are run by businesses, um, you know, by the by the chief executive's son. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 to a degree, that's fine if you know if you don't, you know, you you, you can do something which is simple, straightforward, does the job. Um, I find it interesting, for example, if you look at some of the, some of the, you know, again, talk radio. Some of the radio station websites here are trying to be sort of gossip sites and news sites. And have lots of information, lots of, you know, you'll never guess what Kim Kardashian did now, and oh, amazing, what happened on on My Kitchen Rules yesterday, and all this kind of this kind of stuff. Whereas there are other radio station websites which are just simply there to tell you about the radio station, to give pictures of the presenters because everybody wants to know what people look like and to let you listen and there is an argument and there's a radio station in the UK Absolute Radio which has done exactly that of just getting rid of all of this additional crap Um, you know focus on what you do which is you run a great radio station and your main KPI your main target is to get more people listening and however you do that uh, is the important stuff and I think that there are lots of both radio stations but also other companies who lose focus and who you know think of themselves as being you know another another courier mail online heaven forfend um, whereas actually you know that's not what people want people you know people are genuinely visiting websites to find out more about that particular company not really be yeah, yeah. you know entertained by um, a copy and paste of, of what Kim Kardashian has done again funny story in that respect I um, was recently in the middle of nowhere because that's where I spent way too much of my time and uh, and I, th- I, I remember thinking about the landscape I think I don't think there'll be a commercial broadcaster anywhere near here um, I'm driving for hours I reckon the ABC will have like a radio national AM something and I uh, I found it really hard to just find some frequencies because mm. um, because I did the seek and nothing came the seek so the string or signal wasn't strong enough to capture the radio uh, tuners seek command but uh, I thought like I just started typing in ABC like I'm googling ABC something 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 and I just couldn't find the frequency like the, the ABC website had all the latest news on everything I'd ever want news on yes, um, yes. give me the freaking frequency yes <laughs> it, is, it is quite hard and funnily enough um, on media.info uh, some of the most trafficked pages are how do I listen to name of station yeah and I've done that very deliberately yeah yeah Um, uh, firstly because I've got that data but also secondly because you know that is what people type in 
into Google, you know, is you know, uh, you know, triple M frequency, you know? Um, which is a lot harder to answer these days. Which, which, is, <laughs> which is really hard, but yeah. yeah no, no, How many exactly. triple M's is then? It used to be five, and now there's, well, like, a hundred? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, um, I uh, I like to end the podcast on, on possibly being able to fix a problem or to suggest an app or a service or just merely hear your problem and tell you I can't solve it, um, which is always a possibility. <laughs> and so this could be a very long or very short section, um, but is there, a, is there a, an unpopular problem I can solve? Do you know, uh, th- there, is, there is something which I find uh, really interesting and I think I've got a solution, okay. but I'd like to run that solution past you. This is great. This is I could just say nothing in a week. <laughs> <laughs> so when you are when you are doing a lot of freelance work, there's a lot of of nice communication that you do with your client of things like you know I've come up with a brilliant idea. I'd love to talk to you about it. You know, blah blah blah. Um, you know, I was thinking about what you said the the other week, and I've thought, thought of this. And all, all of that really nice, positive conversation. But there's also the negative conversation as well of, um, do you think you might pay the bill at some point? Yeah, or yeah. the boring stuff of trying to organise meetings and, you know, trying to get uh, uh, space into people's diaries, particularly when time zones are involved, you know, as well, which is, of course, uh, you know, a thing all across Australia. Um, what Do you have any sort of... Any sort of um, my my sort of thinking on that is I really don't want my name my name to be associated with. Do you think you're going to pay the bill? Yeah. Um, what are you, What are your thoughts on that? I um, and then I'll tell you what what I, I, I I've thought of doing. I have a fake accounts girl. <laughs> this is exactly what I was going to say. And gender isn't, it could be a fake accounts person. Yeah. Um, and she chases up accounts. All of the emails, I use zero XERO for my accounting yeah. uh, and my bookkeeping. And uh, I know many people would use zero purely for the kind of profit and loss baz. Um, I use it for the customer facing and business accounts facing. So yeah. so when clients get an invoice, they get it from zero yeah. and they pay it into zero, all that kind of mm-hmm. thing, and it reconciles my bank account. So it's a normal one. I use all of it. Some people use half of it. So my invoices come from my fake accounts person. And, and because I say the same thing, I, like my, yeah. like not to take away from YouTube, but my module is very happy, very like, very personal. Yes. Um, and the truth is that sometimes people do have, uh, like just this week, someone like their credit card, Failed and there was a thing because people yeah. like we're living in the real world. Weddings are expensive. I, I yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah, you know, real life things happen. Like you know, yeah, and so ninety nine percent of the time, when there's an accounts issue, it isn't that they are evil and have a blackened heart and they want to kill you. It's, yeah. it's just, it's just life. Yeah, it's um, just that one percent. <laughs> yeah, and and so yeah, I was saying I didn't want my name attached to that conversation, and so I have a fake accounts. Girl. I'm glad. I'm glad that you feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, I think my accounts person might be called Robin. Yeah, because right. then it, it could be a boy or a girl. What's Robin's backstory? Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's the thing. My fake accounts girl is uh, she used to be a stripper. Oh, uh, but, uh, I, I got her out of that. I said, enough of that, darling. Yeah. <laughs> it, enough of that. Stay with me and send invoices to people instead. <laughs> um, no, but that, but that is really interesting because I, I, I am a firm believer in, you know, it's the little things that matter Absolutely. in terms of marketing. And 
I found I, I found it being very weird having a nice, bright, happy conversation with a client, and then you know I I, I, I once sent uh, I once sent a client that, that hadn't paid a bill for quite some time. I once sent him an email from my cat, um, which was which was which was great fun, and it was basically you know you you don't know me, but uh, I'm James's cat, <laughs> and I'm really hungry at the moment. You see, James was telling me that, that you know you haven't paid the bill, and and he's he's a bit worried whether or not he'll be able to pay for my food and this is the type of food that I like and blah 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 was there any cat puns? Was, uh, <laughs> could you please pay your invoice meow oh, very good <laughs> um, and, that, and that seemed to have the right kind of kind of effects but you know it is something that I, I kind of struggle with so. so I use my cats not for accounting because um, it was probably a little bit too fun for accounting but if I, <laughs> when I have automated emails uh, so a good example is uh, you fill out my inquiry form, and I'll personally reply to you. But I also start a series of, um, you know, the automation section in the MailChimp? Yes. So uh, you can set up an automation. So when they sign up, in three days, send this email. Yeah. In one week, send this email, that kind of thing. Yeah. Those emails come from my cats because I thought it would be confusing. I, I imagine a scenario. So just yeah. like you fill out my inquiry yeah. form, and I reply to you in three days, and that just happens to be like the same hour yeah. that the automated one comes out and I, I thought that'd be weird like it's one here so you know, hey James Josh you etc etc yeah. and then like a minute later there's this hey James can I tell you about a great offer from a I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just thought that'd be a weird conversation so those emails and also when I go on holidays and if I go and leave and there's an autoresponder um, I don't have an autoresponder normally but if I'm if I'm going to be away for more than 36, 48 hours I'll put an autoresponder on and they're for my cats um, and okay. the story is that the, I've left the office in the cat's hands and uh, Stevie and Aggie, um, they don't really know what to do, so I'll just leave this until Josh gets back. <laughs> I, used to, I used to have... Uh, I, the last time I set an autoresponder was, I think, 2006? Yeah. Something like that. Um, and, I, you know, and, it, and it, uh, at the time it just said, uh, it just said if you have sent... Um, in fact, it, uh, really clever things that I, I spotted from other people. Firstly, it said um, I'm on holiday now for the next four weeks. If you've sent me any emails, it will be deleted and I will not read it. So <laughs> please send it back. And I, I didn't. I still read them. Yeah. But actually it was really helpful because it meant that people would think and would then send me that email when I was when I was back. Yeah, yeah. So that was that, that was a really good uh, tip that I learned. And the other tip that I learned uh, was one of one of my bosses um, had a rule on uh, Outlook, which is if he was copied into an email, ah, don't he would reply automatically and say, "Thanks for copying me into that email." Just to let you know, I sort copied email into a different inbox. Um, sometimes I have a chance to read it, sometimes I don't. So if it was really important um, and you're, you want to make sure that I've got it, please could you just forward it directly to me? And that was a really good way of what he was basically saying is stop copying me into so many damn emails. <laughs> but it was a really nice, polite way of doing that. Oh, and there's one more. Uh, Kevin Rose, who's um, uh, an you know, Silicon yeah. Valley guy. Uh, he, ha in his email signature, it says, sent from my iPhone. Yeah. Regardless of what he's using. <laughs> Regardless of it, if he's if he's on his desktop, if he's on his Mac, yeah. uh, it still says, sent from his iPhone. Because that gives him license 
to send really short email responses. That's great. Of something saying, <laughs> okay, cheeky. thanks. I like it. And, it. and it's, you know, it's brilliant. And I think that, that there are lots of these... Um, there are lots of these tricks, there's lots of this sort of social engineering in the same way that you have an accounts girl. Uh, I, I'm going to have an accounts person now and, and, and he or she is going to be called Robin Banks, I Robin think. Ba- I, I think. I think that's what it's going to be. Um, apologies to Robin Banks if you're listening. I know that you're a very good radio presenter somewhere in uh, you Oman. Know, um, but, um, yeah, you know, so, you know, it's, it's those sort of little... Uh, social engineering, which I think, I think actually, you know, can 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 achieve quite a lot without being rude of saying stop copying me into every damn email that you sent. That was the most the most corporate thing that could exist is the old I'm going to copy everyone in, particularly in radio stations, and and uh, it's one yeah. person to another about a decision on air. So you to copy the program director, the APD, the the I, GPD. I, the, I think that the, the way of getting rich very, very quickly is to become an email consultant yeah. and actually train train companies on how to use email because nobody, nobody has ever had any email training. And I'm absolutely convinced that if you went in and you, you, know, you cut email down, I mean, you know, at the BBC I was getting 250 pieces of email a day. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it just makes your day just checking email. It's yeah. ridiculous. So I think there's you know an awful lot uh, that you can do uh, uh, with that. Uh, Inbox by Google is also a very good, yeah. uh, a very good tool for getting rid of a lot of the of the stuff that you you know that you can leave. Uh, it's something I would recommend people you know have a play with. I was part of the two man team that. Um Transferred all of the DMG regional radio email accounts into the brand new Southern Cross Media. Was it? Yeah, I think it was Southern Cross Media when mm-hmm. RG Capital and DMG Radio merged or bought each in other. This, in this podcast, you are currently listening to email <laughs> server reconfiguration. <laughs> go on, go on. And, and part of that, because we hadn't experienced it on the RG Capital side of things, a because email was still fresh. This is two thousand and. Three, four, um, and 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 so as part of bringing them all in, we thought this will be helpful. Email groups, so all Dubbo, all yeah, Port Macquarie. <laughs> Just in case, on the off chance that, that an email needs, wasn't it? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it took a couple of months because those staff from a different culture, um, they use it a lot more. When everyone saw them using it a lot more, there was more requests for more groups. And all of a sudden, there was more groups than there was users. Like all program directors, all program directors, Southern District, all program directors with grey hair. All pro- yes. <laughs> yeah. Just groups everywhere. All, all program directors with a job tomorrow. Um, yeah. That I, I know exactly. I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced um, that, you know, there is, a, there is a really rich scene there of, you know, just, you know, uh, and the amount of savings that you could make a company, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure of it, just by turning around and telling people how to use email, or rather how not to use email, um, you know, would be would be you know really interesting. And you know, I, I used to I used to have a rule that if the person uh, if if the person was a couple of floors away from me, uh, but in the same building, I would just walk to see them rather than sending an email yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's much more interesting. Um, yeah. 
and sometimes they're not there but you know whatever you know you've, you've actually got to get out, get, get out of your desk and go and talk to people this is where Slack and also the recently released is a Microsoft Teams is that a yeah there's a, a Microsoft one and uh, guess what Google now have a new messaging uh, service oh, because, yeah, they, because you know that's what we could do with a new messaging service from Google we definitely uh, need a I new one I believe it's called Meet yeah. um for G Suite customers, but yeah, you know, it's 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 a thing that everybody's now working on. Um, but it just it just changes email from being in an inbox to email being in a in a browser window. It's not it's not that, that sort of exciting. I don't think. James, um, give yourself a plug. Where do we find you? Uh, the email. If people want to pay you to speak, or like, like give yourself a plug. Where do I find you? Uh, well, so my uh, my personal website is james.crid.land. That's uh, you just type in james.crid.land into your web browser, and you'll find me. Um, uh, my uh, media website. Oh, and by the way, that's where you get my uh, newsletter. Um, for somebody that, that tries to sell himself, this is a, <laughs> this is a particularly bad. Uh, selling job, but there we are. Um, and uh, if you're interested in uh, the media in general, uh, if all of this talk about radio has, um, has uh, piqued your interest, then media.info uh, is the place to be. You'll find lots of uh, information about uh, Australian media, UK media, uh, Irish media, and uh, other countries to come uh, on media.info, where you can uh, sign up to a automated daily uh, email with media news and jobs and all that kind of stuff. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you very much. If you'd like to hear more episodes of this podcast, head to unpopular.show. That's right, no w, no dot com, none of that stuff. It's a new age of new cool domain names, unpopular.show. Uh, if you want to read my free blog, unpopular.ist, as in the unpopularist, unpopular.ist. And also uh, there's the uh, paid members blog, which has got tutorials and that kind of thing. And if you've got ideas uh, for other people for me to interview on this podcast, for things for me to write about on the free blog or for tutorials, videos, how-tos, um, articles for me to write for the paid blog, please shoot me an email, josh at joshwithers.com.au. Have an amazing day.